Logo is still on. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of the Sons of Sequoia podcast, episode six. SOS six, Sons of Sequoia. Uh, game stonks. We're going to get into the whole games GameStop in issue that's been tearing up the internet and the financial markets for the last few days. Uh, so let's just cut the crap and go for it, right? Yeah, what is that game stonk? Game, what is that? <laughs> All right, I got a little, uh, I got a little disclaimer before we start because we're talking about a stock. Uh, this is not financial advice. Uh, we're not registered investment, legal, or tax advisors. We're not stockbrokers or stock dealers. All investment and financial opinions are intended as informational and educational and entertainment. They're not actual advice. And the purpose of this episode is just to understand, for us to understand what's going on, and then anyone that may be listening, maybe they can have some uh, context about what's going on. So it's important to say that because in my research, everyone else has said that. So I think it's probably a good idea to say that. Not a bad idea. That's right. Uh, Also, before we get going, I do want to say where my research comes from. I know a lot of people don't do this on the internet. They act like they knew this stuff from day one. But uh, my two main sources for this whole thing were Matt Levine at Bloomberg. He's got a blog and he's been following this story very closely. He's written three long articles on it that I read as of yesterday. And then Kyle Orland from Ars Technica. So the Bloomberg was the financial side. And then the Ars Technica was more of the internet side. uh, Because that's sort of the two sides to this story. So uh, I think I'd be remiss without acknowledging them before we started. Uh, You're responsible by by acknowledging them. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. I mean, I, I think that a lot of times on the internet, these people, there are... I could have read those articles and then parroted their words as if uh, they were mine, but they weren't, you know. I, I learned a lot by reading their articles. A lot of people do that. Uh-huh. So, I want to show you some charts, okay? Okay. Here we go. This is the one-day stock chart for GameStop. It uh, ended trading. This is of yesterday. I do want to say... Um, that this is out of date by the time this will be posted on the internet because this is for yesterday, which was the 26th, 27th. This is end of day, the 27th. So do you see this chart? Yeah. Is that the price of the stock, stock, David? $347.51, yes. Okay. Now, um, you can see right next to it, the one day total, it had 134% rise. On the 26th, it ended trading at 199.53. On the 27th, it ended trading at 347.51. We could perhaps see this a little bit better if I go to the five-day chart. So now you're looking at the oh. five-day chart. Uh, over the course wow. of five days, you know, we look here. On uh, January 22nd, it was trading at $40. By yesterday, it closed at three forty-seven fifty-one. Wow! 
Now let's keep going. Let's look at the one month. That's almost 10 times as much. In December. December, just last month. December 31st. It was trading at $18. Oh, wow. And then the one year chart. In March of last year, it was trading at $4.17. Hmm. And something's going on here, right? Yeah. Uh, do you want to take a guess of what it is? Well, from what I heard on the news, people are buying the stock. They are buying the stock, but it's why they're buying the stock and who else sold the stock earlier. But, it's, but, it's, but is it going up because they're buying the stock? Like supply and demand kind of thing. Since they're buying it, the price goes up because it's in demand? Is that what is that what happening? No, there's a there's an interesting story here, and we'll get into it. It's it's much more involved than that. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. First, let's start with what is GameStop. I think that that's important to say. Uh, GameStop. Have you ever seen a GameStop? I'm sure you have. You probably just didn't take notice of it. Uh, it's a brick and mortar video game retail store. So in malls and in strip malls across the country, they sell video game discs, they sell consoles, they sell controllers. Uh, they have 5,000 stores nationwide. So 5,000 stores stands to reason they have tens of thousands of employees. Uh, but over the last five years, their revenues have been consistently declining. More video games are switching to online stores. So do right. you want the game? You don't need the disc. You don't need to go to a GameStop and buy the disc. Just buy it from our online store and download it. And um, so this is the where the rubber meets the road. 140% of its shares. Uh, hedge funds and other institutional investors had shorted the shares. What does what what shorted mean? Let's get in. What is shorting? Shorting or short selling is when an investor borrows something and immediately sells it, hoping that the price will go down and they can buy it at a lower price and return it to the person that they bought it from. So shorting hmm. is essentially, I'm in the schoolyard and you have three candy bars. And I think that tomorrow there's going to be a shipment of candy bars. Uh, and they're not going to be worth as much as they are today because you have all three. So I borrow them from you, and I sell them to people for five bucks. And then tomorrow when there's a shipment of candy bars, candy bars are just a buck. So I buy the three for three bucks, and I give them back to you, and I pocket 12 bucks. That's short selling. Yeah. Uh, so if we go back to the previous slide, over 140% of its shares... We're shorted. Do you understand uh, that? Yeah. So a hedge fund, an institutional investor says, I think this is going to go down. It's at 10 bucks. I think it's going to go to zero. So I'm going to borrow a ton of shares and then sell them. Well, it goes up to 12. Well, if it was good to short it at 10, it's good to short it at 12. So I'm going to borrow more shares and sell those. It goes up to 20. You borrow more shares. What happens is they're borrowing shares they've already borrowed. They're borrowing them a second time and selling them. 
because they're convinced it's going to go down. So 140% of the shares have been borrowed and sold. Wow. Now, what that means is there's an obligation to give back more shares than exist. <laughs> That's true. So what is a short squeeze? This is what's happening. This is why you see the meteoric growth. Uh, it's when people jump in and they say, all these people need to acquire shares to give them back to the people from whom they borrowed them to cover their short. Now, what if we bought the shares and we said, don't lend these out on short? So we told our brokers, we're going to buy these shares of GameStop. And we're not going to lend them to any of these institutional investors. They're going to have to find a way to get it. The amount of shares available to acquire to cover your shorts all of a sudden gets squeezed. Oh. And so the price shoots to the moon. It's a glitch. Now, also, in order to cover the price in this already squeezed market where it goes from 10 bucks to 40 bucks, well, now you have a group of institutional investors that need to find more shares than exist out of a tiny, tiny pool. So a stock that might be worth five bucks, all of a sudden is worth 350 bucks because they need to cover their short. They need to buy it. So the, it's not just that people on Reddit are buying the shares. It's that these institutional investors, they're getting screwed by these Redditors because they bought all these shares. They colluded. They didn't collude. They they said, we like this stock. We think that there's potential here. Let's buy it and make sure you're not lending it out on short. So these institutional investors have to go in and buy shares wherever they can at whatever price they can to cover the shares they borrowed. Hmm. So let's take a look at the cast of characters. You got the company in question, GameStop. And I, I made an allusion to Reddit. And if you look at the news they talk about, Reddit, are Wall Street bets. This is an internet message board for amateur retail investors. This is people like you and me. Uh, I mean, I know the media likes to, to portray them as, you know, underemployed, uh, bored because of the pandemic, and they're just messing with the market. But I think a lot of these people, and I think this is a, a good thing to say, they're, they're younger than you and me. And they remember 2008 as a time when they weren't sure they'd be able to go to college. They weren't sure if their parents would keep their house. And all of that was a function of these institutional investors crashing the market with speculative tactics. Well, these small retail investors say, look at this position that Melvin Capital and others, Melvin Capital is a hedge fund that has publicly admitted to needing $3 billion of cash injection because they lost their shirt on GameStop. Look at the how they've overextended their position. There's an opportunity here. If we band together as retail investors, you know, we typically don't have any power. In 2008, the big guys crashed the system and my mom and dad paid for it. They lost their retirement. They lost their house. Now, here we are, 13 years later, there's an opportunity to make these big hedge funds pay. And I think... That's what our Wall Street bets, that's part of the ethos of our Wall Street bets. Now, the media, who is sort of beholden to, in many ways, uh, the institutional investors. CNBC doesn't exist for a retail investor. It exists for the institutional investors. 
They're saying these people are clowns. They don't know what they're doing because GameStop has poor fundamentals. Why would you buy GameStop? It's going to have a hard time in the future. And they're, they're not buying GameStop because of GameStop. They're buying GameStop because the hedge funds have exposed themselves to an untenable position financially, not because of right. anything GameStop has done. So, right. so that's our Wall Street bets. Um, Ryan Cohen, he is a CEO of Chewy. That's a dog food company that's online, I think. And he came in last September and he said, I see value in this company. I see they have 5,000 retail locations. We can scale that back, but we can maybe move towards more online because Chewy was an online business. And there's value in the brand name and the company itself the fund of the the industry is not good. The trajectory is not good. The revenue is going down, but it wasn't holding a lot of debt. So he saw a long term play in terms of I'm going to come in, Ryan Cohen here. Uh, I'm going to come in and try to clean up house. Now, I think he bought in at eight dollars a share or whatever, seven dollars a share. He was probably hoping that he could implement these changes, and in a couple years, that $8 a share would be $20 a share. Well, people sort of use Ryan Cohen's entrance as, look, there is legitimacy to this stock. You have an institutional investor buying 10% of the company. He knows something. He built this huge dog food company. So why is it okay for him to buy the stock, but not okay for us to buy the stock? Because the hedge funds are saying they're buying the stock just to screw us. But Ryan Cohen gives them cover because he's an institutional investor that said, I see value in this. I, I think it's undervalued. I don't see GameStop going to zero, and I'm going to buy some of the stock, 10% of the stock, between September and January. So there is an argument to be made that it's not just screwing over the hedge funds. There's value in GameStop. And then finally, Elon Musk he tweeted out on the 26th, two days ago, uh, a tweet acknowledging the situation and that sort of poured gasoline on a fire that was already lit. Because hmm. uh, when Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, acknowledges that something's going on, it brings attention to it. And even more retail investors say, oh, what is this R Wall Street bets? What is GameStop? I want to get in on it just for fun. Yeah, the shares are at a hundred bucks, but let me put in a thousand bucks. At the end of the day, the shares are three hundred bucks, and you've <laughs> made two thousand bucks. So uh, that's what happened over the last few days. So we're gonna get back into uh, go through these characters. Wall Street bets. The Ars Technica article did a good job of identifying one of the earliest cases to be made for for betting on GameStop. And it's a post from Senior Hedgehog. Now, you can read this if you want. Um, but this is from nine months ago. So this is from April or March, when if we go back to that chart, the price was $4 a share. Uh, eight months ago, 84% of the shares were short. Michael Burry owns 3.5 million shares long. So Michael Burry was... The main character, Christian Bale's character, in The Big Short. Did you ever see that movie? Yes. But what does it mean, 84% of the shares are short? That means 84% of the shares someone holds, but they didn't buy them? 
No, so there were 65.5 million shares in circulation. Yeah. 55 million of those shares, and this is nine months ago, 55 million of those shares, someone has borrowed them and sold them with a promise to buy them back later and give them back to the person from whom they've borrowed them. So now, over over the nine months, as the price rose, people said, well, if it was worth it to short it at five bucks, it's worth it to short it at 10 bucks. So, oh, I see. So what happened is 75.5 million of the 65.5 million shares ended up being short or whatever, 140%. Do you see what's going on there? So they expected it they expected the stock to go down, but it went up. Uh-huh. But this uh, you know, 9 months ago, 84% of the shares were were short. Wow. Now, now 140% of the shares are short. Because people borrowed shares that they'd already borrowed, uh, doubling down on the fact that it would go to zero. Oh, wow. Now, he makes some more points about uh, there was a new console coming out for Christmas last year. Consoles usually increase video game sales, a new generation of consoles. So did you hear about Uh the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, new consoles is a good thing for GameStop. It's going to help them. And this, he was writing this when it was at basically its lowest, at $4 a share. And because of the pandemic, gaming consumption was up. And then this fourth point, I don't agree with at all. Memory sizes, con- the hard drives and consoles can't handle them. So it may cause a flow back to the consumption of discs. I think that's a bunch of hooey. I don't agree with that at all. But... Uh, and then I didn't get some other posts that were basically saying, because uh, this guy came back and he said, oh, yeah, by the way, when you buy these shares, you can demand that your broker have the shares on hand. So you tell your broker, don't lend them to anyone trying to, to borrow them to sell them short. And that further restricts the supply of shares available to cover your shorts. So that's what he said in a follow-up post. Now, yeah. if you go to the message board, obviously now, 90% of the chatter on the message board is about GameStop. But this was a post that just sort of snuck through nine months ago. So this, this idea was floated among the people on the message board nine months ago. Now, I think that it really took off in January because you can see when hedge funds take out big short positions and you can see when they have to cover their shorts. And I think that Melvin Capital, which I guess we'll get to the next. Melvin Capital, uh, they thought, we're going to get the Q4 numbers from GameStop. They're going to be abysmal. Sales are going to go down because no one wants to go to the mall to buy games. And we're going to say, oh, we've taken out a huge short position because we think that GameStop is done. And by virtue of, oh, well, a big hedge fund thinks they're done, Let's sell our GameStop stock. They thought that January was the time where they could sink GameStop. And what Melvin wanted was, we're going to say it. People are going to follow us. Uh, GameStop is going to lose money hand over fist. They're going to have to start closing some of those 5,000 stores. Tens of thousands of people will lose their job and will rake in billions. The opposite of that happened. Our Wall Street bets said, look at Melvin's baking a big bet and they're overextended. Why don't we go and buy all the available shares of GameStop and refuse to sell it to them? And they need to buy it to cover their shorts. 
And they thought, oh, well, when we need to buy it in January, it'll be less than what we, what we sold it for, so it'll be fine. But that's not the case. Uh, so they're a $12.5 billion hedge fund. And they said in 2021 so far, they've lost 30% of their value. Wow. So that's almost $4 billion. Now, they've had Citadel and Point72 inject $2.75 billion to keep them solvent. And this is all because of their short position on GameStop. So they wanted to bankrupt GameStop, GameStop, stock, stop. (laughs) They wanted these people to lose their jobs and they wanted to pocket billions. Instead, they've lost billions and they're saying, you know what we need? We need regulation to stop our Wall Street bets from doing this to us. That's what they're saying now. Um, Now, yesterday they claim that they closed their position. They were able to cover all their shorts and they're out. They don't owe any more GameStop stock. Now that's, they can say that, but it's unsure whether or not that's true. So they're out, but they're not the only hedge fund that was in. A lot of these hedge funds trade on models that say if the stock is overvalued, short it. Well, if the stock is worth at its maximum $20 a share, and yesterday it was at $120 a share, the algorithms will buy it, or they'll short sell it. Uh, so the short interest, the interest in borrowing the stock to sell it short is still really high because it's fundamentally a good investment to short it right now. And on Reddit, they're saying, I know the price is 300 but if you hold on for one more week, two more weeks, it could go to 1000 So let me get this straight. Uh, trying to understand this, and it's it's very very interesting. So they're saying, I'm going to buy the stock and, and the, I'm going to borrow the stock and sell it because I think it's going to go down. Okay, and then I'll buy it back and then I'll make money, right? Mm-hmm. So that's short selling, and so you're you're selling and going to buy it by you're just borrowing it and then selling selling it but there's other people saying well i'm just going to buy it Mm -hmm. so how can they tell tell people you can't buy it well i mean buying it is is they're going to do the same thing they're going to buy it they're going to buy their own stock back but the other people says no i want to buy it so how can you tell people that you can't buy stock you can't buy it i want to buy it <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. And that's exactly what has happened. Um, so TD Ameritrade today said, yeah. due, due to its volatility and to protect our retail customers, we're not going to allow anyone with a TD Ameritrade account to buy GameStop today. That was today, the 28th. Now, I think what that is, is the hedge funds have told us, don't let your customers buy the stock because we need to buy it to cover our shorts. So we're going to not allow you to buy it. So, and I don't know, I, you know, this is new to me, but I'm thinking, wait a minute. They're saying you can't buy it because I want to buy it because I want to make money. Uh huh. And it says, if you buy it, that'll prevent me from buying it to make money. So you can't buy it. I want to buy it because I want to make my money, make my money back. Mm-hmm. That, that just, that doesn't sound... It doesn't sound fair. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't sound fair. 
<laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like saying, "Oh, you know, if if you buy something and and sell it, you can make money." Well, I want to make I want to I want uh, everyone else to not be able to do that. I'm the only one who can do that. Mm-hmm. It's basically what they're saying. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so there's our Wall Street bets is on Reddit. But they communicate on Discord, which is a little bit like Skype, only it's for communities. And that's how they have conversations and sort of organize. And last night, their Discord got shut down. Discord said, oh, we've removed the R Wall Street Bets Discord. Because people were using hate speech on there, and that violates our terms of service. And it's not because of GameStop at all. And it's not because of pressure from the institutional venture capitalists that fund Discord. It just happened that when our Wall Street bets was causing these hedge funds and institutional investors billions of dollars of losses, we decided to look into that Discord and decided that the hate speech was a violation of our terms of service, and we deplatformed them. So, yeah. Well, that... that <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, you and I are probably thinking the same thing. I mean... Oh, let's take down the source of them buying things that we want to buy to make money. And so let's just have a bot out there doing hate speech to, to take them down so we can buy things that they can't buy. Yeah. I mean, who's doing the hate, you know? Uh, and uh, I, I mean, you saw... Have bots, you have bots doing stuff right now interfering with the election. Why can't they interfere with the, with the trading on stock markets? Yeah. And I mean, this was just a speech, you know? So it's like Discord has their terms of service. And the thing is, if there was hate speech, because people on the internet, you know, they say nasty things, um, it was probably going on for years. But it wasn't looked into until this subreddit started costing institutional investors billions of dollars. See well, what I'm saying? Yes, but the people who are doing the hate speech really probably doesn't want to be taken down. But the people doing the hate speech to take it down, maybe the people doing the hate speech want it taken down. Like you, because it's an open system. Yeah. Uh, a hedge fund is like, we're losing billions of dollars. Why don't we pay 500 people $100 to go on there and say stuff explicitly against the terms of service? Take it down. That'll protect our assets. That'll yeah. protect our, our our ability to buy all this, to make all this money. Because a lot of, when you have a lot of money going on, people will do things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think the the moral of the story is going to be hell hath no fury like rich white people who get their money stolen. Because <laughs> they're going to fight point. back. They're going to fight back. And they'll find a way not to lose their money. Good point. They, um, might, they, might, they might do crazy things, right, David? They may even storm the Capitol. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Well, they're saying this... Our Wall Street bets is like the capital stormers. They're destroying our ability to manipulate markets by taking our overextended positions and exploiting them. And I think there's backroom gentleman agreements among hedge funds that say, oh, this hedge fund has decided to bankrupt this company and put these 10,000 people out of work. And as gentlemen, we're not going to short squeeze them. But our Wall Street bets comes in and says, if we just have, as institution, as people in their basements and bedrooms, if we get on our little Robinhood or TD Ameritrade accounts and buy that stock and refuse to sell it, 
and make sure that they know that they're not allowed to lend it out, we can send this stock to the moon and stick it to these hedge funds. Little people can do that. And I think these hedge funds are saying, no, the only people that are allowed to manipulate the markets is us. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. So we can go on with this. I, this will go back to Ryan Cohen. I think I basically did the, this is the guy from Chewy.com. When in August, he took a 9% stake in the company. And you can see what he said. GameStop's challenges come from internal intransigence and unwilling to rapidly embrace the digital economy. If GameStop takes pra practical steps to cut its excessive real estate costs and hire the right talent, it will have the resources to begin building a powerful e-commerce. So this guy with his 9% stake, he's a real institutional investor. He's not a Wall Street bets guy. But he saw potential in the GameStop brand. And that was in August, and then he sort of re-upped in early January. I don't know if he saw the, the storm coming from the R Wall Street Bets guys. But this is an institutional investor putting in $100 million of his own dollars and saying, I think this is a good bet. And, and also, he was an activist investor. He's not saying, I think this stock will go up. He was saying, I want seats on the board. I want us to retool. I want us to focus on building a digital marketplace with our brand name. So he had practical steps to move the company forward. And I think in his wildest dreams, he thought that his $100 million investment last August could be a quarter of a billion in five years. His, in his wildest dreams, he didn't think four months from now, this is going to be worth $50 billion. <laughs> But that's what he got. Sometimes you buy a lottery ticket and you win. And that's one thing about this whole GameStop thing that's uh, interesting is that it still has C-level management. It still has a board of directors. It still has locations. And it still has businesses open every day. But the stock, in, in, a, in a way, is not really part of that. Uh, if you go to work and you're the chief financial officer of GameStop. And you go to work and you say, you know what? I think I deserve a raise. Our stock went up 650% this week. <laughs> it's not because of anything you did as an employee. You know, you didn't have anything to do with that rise as an employee. I, I have a question. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and this is a true story. Long time ago, I was playing tennis with a guy, uh, one of my colleagues. We, we took a break. We was playing tennis, and uh, I was beating him. And he says, you know, you're beating me. That's not fair. You have to use your left hand because you're right-handed. I said, well, okay. I started using my left hand, and I kept beating him. <laughs> he said, well, that's not fair. You're beating me. He said, you got to use no hands. I go, where's the game? There's no game here if I'm using no hands. He says, yes, but that's the American way. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, but it sounds like what you're saying is it's saying, look, I make more money than you, so you can't make the money the way I, the way I make it. So you have to use no hands. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the same thing? Sort of. I, and honestly, telling your... 
your retail clients, you're not allowed to buy the stock and we're just protecting you. Uh, that seems a little disingenuous, doesn't it? Yeah, so I want to buy the stock. No, you can't because these people who, who uh, have, the rich people have to buy it and you can't buy it. Yeah, they have to buy it to cover their shorts. And if you're out there buying, uh, it'll make their by the shorts way, more expensive. By the way, their shorts are there. They did that. No one did it to them. Yeah. You know, they did that. They did that with a with a knowledge of of what they wanted to do, of buying it back and making money, and probably bankrupting the, uh, letting the company go down and just taking advantage of the company going down. Right. Yeah. And also, I think precipitating the company going down. You know, the people who right. know say the company's going to fail. Therefore, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. It fails. And they're saying. We need to be able to pick winners and losers. But they ended up on the short end of the stick this time because some retail investors saw they can't cover their position. <laughs> it's like in a, a video game when you have bloodlust and you run into a group of 15 enemies. Uh, you're going to get killed. But if you think that you're good enough at the game, you can slay all 15 of them. But the thing is, in this case... and if you've always slayed all 15 of them and come out ahead and won the game, the first time you get killed by one of them, you say, that wasn't fair. I'm supposed to win. I've never lost before. How is this, how is this possible? They're not allowed to do that. So here is Elon's tweet from January 26th. He just said, game stonk. And he linked to Wall Street bets uh, on Reddit. And that's all it takes. You know, the richest man in the world is acknowledging that something fascinating is going on with this stock. And we saw what happened on January 27th. Uh, I can bring up the one-day chart or the five-day chart. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's his tweet, the 26th. Because, you know, that's a meteoric rise when you think about it. If you look at this, this is, I, I wish I had the live chart. This is less than 100. This is 150. You know, that's 50% growth in a day of a stock that's already overvalued. The stock itself is probably worth between 10 and $20. Now, on the 26th, it was worth 100. And Elon tweets, the next day, it's worth over 300. <laughs> wow. So. It's three times as much. So he can move the market. And I guess, I guess we can spend the rest of this time talking about I think the the mechanics of short selling and a short squeeze, they're fascinating. And I think that hedge funds have been using this for a long time. I mean, short squeezes are nothing new. Uh, but this, I think, is the crux of the issue. Retail investors saw that 140% of GameStop's stocks, GameStop stock was shorted by institutional investors. They knew that by buying the stock, the stock would go up and the institutional investors were obligated to also buy the stock because they borrowed it and return it to the people from whom they borrowed it. So the buying from institutions to cover the shorts, the stocks that they'd borrowed, was going to cause the stock to rise even higher. And it was creating this feedback loop. Uh, and now the hedge funds, the people on CNBC, the people on financial news are saying, we need to regulate. We cannot have internet message boards going after us. We need protection 
from the little guy. That's basically what they're saying. They're saying, we have a team of Ivy League graduates in Armani suits, and the government needs to do something to protect us from uh, community college graduates in sweatpants at their homes. Because they outsmarted us this time, and they'll do it again. And I think that's that's what's going on here. Well, going going down the road, um, if they don't do anything and they do lose a lot of money, what is what is the long term effect of these uh, investment firms losing? Are we going to have another stock market crash and go into a depression? If this kept happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. So it may not be protecting the investors. Maybe maybe they can argue. Now, I'm not looking at one side or the other. I'm just trying to think in the future. It may be just protecting our economy. Well, I think I mean, that I, this is beyond my pay grade. I don't know. I don't understand what I'm just thinking. I know we had a we have stock market crashes before. Uh, is it going to be a, this is only one game stock. But could this happen with other stocks? And if it started happening more and more, maybe there's some uh, uh, down the road uh, risk uh, on the stability of our economy. Uh, I think yes. And they're already talking about moving on to other stocks. And they're all stocks that have been shorted heavily by hedge funds. Now, I think that... uh, People are trying to blame Wall Street bets for saying, oh, look, that stock's being shorted. Now, AMC Theaters is one. Bed Bath & Beyond is another. Hedge funds have shorted these companies, and Wall Street bets are saying, let's do it again. Let's do it with this company. Let's do it with that company. Now, I think GameStop had an extraordinary short. I think, I don't know how short AMC is by hedge funds, but I think GameStop, it was sort of a perfect storm. But now hedge funds are saying, are we not going to be allowed to come in and take huge short positions and destroy companies anymore because we'll lose our shirt. <laughs> and that may be the case. And the thing is, if retail investors with a fraction of the purchasing power of a giant billion-dollar hedge fund can sink a billion-dollar hedge fund because they're overexposed, maybe the problem's not with retail investors. Uh, maybe the fundamentals of the economy are you shouldn't be allowed to borrow 140% of something that exists. Uh, Good point. So if you uh, if your house is worth $100,000, but you believe that in the future <laughs> it'll be worth well, $50,000, should you be able to borrow $140,000 on it? <laughs> I don't I, I well, didn't that happen? That didn't that happen with unsecured loans, where it's worth a hundred thousand dollars, but you borrowed a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on that house, and then all of a sudden you went bankrupt, and all of a sudden uh, that that loan wasn't wasn't uh, covered with any any collateral. They took back the house, but they lost fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and that happened over and over again. Didn't that happen with the real estate? Uh, yeah, in two thousand eight. Yeah, is that, is that yeah, and we had a recession. Yeah, so. Yeah, so now you can't do that anymore. Well, maybe you maybe the short selling uh, has to be regulated, not buying not buying stocks straight out. That's part of that's part of our economy. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe maybe regulations on short selling to where you can't uh, overextend just like we overextend our real estate. Again, we're not saying, you know, if this is going out, we're not saying this because we're experts. I'm just asking questions as someone who just learned about this and this is not my area. Yeah. But I'm just just someone who think, wait a minute, this doesn't this sound reasonable? You know, and I think the interesting thing is what Wall Street Bets is doing as institute as uh, retail investors is they're exploiting glitches in the market to make money. And that is the business model of these hedge funds. Uh, and the hedge funds will do it at the expense of retail investors. And they have for 20 or 30 years now. And so you never hear about that. You never hear about a pension goes to zero, retail investors get screwed, but a hedge fund makes billions of dollars for its multimillionaire investors. You never That story never makes the news. Now, when multimillionaire investors that invest in a billion-dollar hedge fund lose billions of dollars to the little guy, that becomes a story. And people are saying, what do we do about this? We need to fix this. And it's fascinating to me. Uh, I think something push will come to shove. But I think, unfortunately, it'll come. push will come to shove against the little guy. That's oh. just what I was just what I was thinking, David, because they say, well, this needs to be regulated. Well, maybe the regulations that should be is not re regulating the, the regulation on the little guy that they can't buy stocks because we want to buy stocks. Maybe the regulation is on the big guy on how to, to, to make these uh, short short trading sales uh, to bring companies down. So maybe, maybe it should backfire on them. But then, where's the power? Uh, if they start, if the regular, if the, any type of regulatory commission comes in there, uh, where's the power to direct them? Where's the people coming from to make those regulations? Is it going to come from the little people? Ah, uh, probably not. <laughs> it's going to come from the bigger people. You know? Yeah. Uh, the the hedge fund, they're going to pay millions of dollars to make sure that they're protected. Mm -hmm. And it's not protecting the economy; it's protecting them. And they they'll argue, well, if we're if we're if we're uh, successful and and wealthy, uh, it's going to trickle down to, to the uh, little people. Uh, anyway, that that gets into bigger issues. Yeah, correct? yeah, more you know, broad scale taxation policy or whatever, or you know, securities and exchange policy. But I think an important thing to note here is GameStop, even though it's in a brick and mortar industry in a digital world even though it has 5,000 locations that it has to pay rent on and all these employees at the point of sale instead of you know a little piece of computer software, they're not doing it online, even though the fundamentals of the business indicate that it will eventually fail if it doesn't innovate. It wasn't in a position to go bankrupt in January. And the hedge funds bet against it as if it was. And the retail investors saw that there was a mismatch between the aggressive position taken, uh, the early, the tales of its demise were ahead of its time. It was going to die, but it's not going to die in January. And they said, these people are all 
just trying to will its death into existence with their money. And as retail investors, we have a fraction of their money, but we can will its survival into existence <laughs> in January because for their plan to work, it has to die in January. And so I, I think it's a fascinating, fascinating story. Yeah. The more you get into it, it is very interesting. Very interesting. And it's not and it's not trivial and it's important. It's interesting. I don't know. I think it's very important on how to protect uh, uh, protect our our economy, our society, uh, about the people and the money that people have. And like uh, you, you saw we watched that uh, documentary on Warren Buffett, right? Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I went to business school, and I didn't finance wasn't my area. Uh, but this is not investing. Let's just make that clear. So I've always liked Warren Buffett. I read uh, Ben Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor, and he advocates for a position called value investing, where if you're going to buy a stock, you take a look at that company and you think that that company does good business and it will continue to do good business in the future and they're well positioned to be a good company into the future. So you buy a stock because you think 10 years from now, that company will still be making money. You think 15 years from now, that company will be five times the size because it's poised to be a market leader. But you never invest because you think that if I spend 20 bucks for this January 15th, by January 30th, I'll be able to sell it for 300. (laughs) You never invest for that reason. That's not investing. That's speculation. It's flat out gambling. And, uh, you know, I think the people on Wall Street bets have discovered you can gamble. And I think a lot of people that got in yesterday or the day before will lose money. Uh, a lot of regular people, a lot of retail investors will lose money. And the hedge funds already have lost billions of dollars. Now, that's what happens when you gamble, you know? There's the guy that hits the jackpot. There's the guy that wins the lottery. And he might have spent a, a hundred bucks in his life and he ends up winning a hundred million. That's a good return. But for every guy like that, there's a million that spent a hundred bucks and got back zero. So uh, it, I guess it all comes out in the wash. I don't know exactly what I'm saying. But well, remember, remember what I told you about gambling? The ne- two rules of gambling? Never bet more then you're willing to lose and quit while you're ahead. Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like they bet more than they could lose or they're willing to lose or able to lose because they're borrowing on their borrowed. Uh, And now they're complaining about it and and yelling foul. Uh, Basically, they violated, they bet more than they're willing to lose or that they could lose. The hedge funds did. The hedge funds did, yeah. The hedge funds. And the reason that they're in that situation is that the uh, little people uh, are doing what they did. They bought stock. Mm-hmm. They just bought the stock. Now, do you think... It's kind of like saying, I can buy stock, but you have to sell me your stock because I need your stock. He says, no, no, I, no, I don't want to sell you my stock. Yeah, you have to. Basically, you're, you're telling people you have to sell me your stock. And th- that kind of what they're saying? Yeah, I, I think so. Um I wish I had those articles from yesterday that I was reading. 
Uh, I'm looking at GameStop stock live. That's why when I look up like that. Yeah. Um, they fluctuated in the 10 minutes since I pulled up the chart between 190s and 250s. And they're, <laughs> they're down $140 per share for the day right this second. But the volatility is insane. Uh, wow. And I think there's going to be, uh, at some point, people are going to say, this was an incredible ride. I paid, I got in when it was 80 bucks and it went to 400, but I'll sell now that it's 250. And that will sort of be a pressure valve. Uh, and eventually the, the air is going to pop out of this balloon because GameStop is not worth the market cap now at its current price, $207, is $13.6 billion. It's not a $13.6 billion company, mm-hmm. but that's its market cap right now. So it's artificial. Mm-hmm. It, well, I, this is a topic for another uh, episode, but what brings to mind is Bitcoin. There's no value in that, but there is There's monetary value, but there's no real value. One of the articles I read said bitcoin's worth $35,000 right now because someone will pay you $35,000 for it. It's worth $35,000 because you could sell it for $35,000. But it doesn't do anything. And they're saying the games I think your point is well taken and this is what this guy from Bloomberg Matt Levine was saying is that you have to look at GameStop stock as basically a token right now. It's worth $300 because someone will pay you $300. It doesn't really have anything to do with GameStop anymore. Right. You've moved away from the real value to, to a token value. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, like, let's screw the hedge funds. Uh, hold the line. That was what was trending on Twitter. And it was like, you know, if you bought GameStop, hold the line. They have to cover their shorts, and they have to cover them by week's end. I know it's tempting to sell at three fifty, dollars and they're going to try to play tricks on you. To get you to sell, uh, I mean, it's down $138 today. <laughs> what if they never sell? What's going to happen? What if they can't cover their their the money that they borrowed? The hedge funds go bankrupt, and uh, very rich people lose a lot of money. Uh, and people that are middle class get a lot of money. So the fascinating thing is I kind of feel like this happens a lot. It's just the players are different. Uh, And isn't isn't the magnitude – this probably happened a lot, but the magnitude with GameStop is much greater than than other uh, instances. Well, no, I would say if if it weren't for Wall Street bets, if it weren't Uh for these people – pumping up this stock and screwing this hedge fund. I think the hedge fund's narrative of GameStop is doomed to fail, we're taking out a huge short position, will cause people to sell the stock. The stock would go from 10 to 1. Eventually, they'd have to liquidate, and the company short sells, you know, buys it back, returns it, and they make billions of dollars. As a result... Where does that money come from, the billions of dollars they made? It comes from shuttering 5,000 stores, uh, not employing tens of thousands of people, firing the C-level staff of GameStop, having them go out of business. And so the billions of dollars comes from 
destroying tens of thousands of jobs and closing this business. Those people aren't making money anymore because that money got transferred into the pockets of these billionaires. Now, because the little guy on the internet said, they're going to do this again, and they've done it before, what if we stepped in and took it away from them? And then they did, and the hedge fund says, that was supposed to be our money. We were supposed to take that from the people. The people weren't supposed to take that from us. We need to do something about this. This, this, this can't stand. <laughs> yeah, but by doing that, they did nothing illegal. They did nothing. They did nothing illegal. Nothing wrong. Uh, the hedge funds? No, no, no. The, the the people buying the stock. Yeah, I mean the little people. The the hedge funds are saying they colluded. They 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 want the justice department to go after the little guys because they've lost so much money, and it's sort of like there's no way we could have been outsmarted by these people just on an internet message board saying, we like the stock, buy this. It's, and then I think some people, they don't even understand short squeezes, short selling. They're on this message board and they see people cheerleading for the stock. And they say, oh, I'll throw in a couple hundred bucks just for, for fun, just to see what happens. Yeah. So again, it's the internet. It's the uh, communication. It's the social media that brings people together. I think the power... The power of people is much, much greater than, than I think, leaders think. Mm-hmm. We've, and, we've seen that over and over again. And, I mean, people are trying to compare this to the capital storming. You know, these people don't respect the rules of finance. The rich always win. <laughs> and the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And they're upending that. But I think that uh, what's going to happen is this methodology of tanking a company will, I think that institutional investors are going to have to learn to be more careful. Because I, I do feel like there's been a gentleman's agreement that hedge fund B is not going to come in and buy up hedge fund A just to tank them. You know, hedge fund B will focus on shorting a separate company. And hedge fund A, they sort of divide the territory. And I don't know if it's explicit, but it's like, oh, you focus on bankrupting GameStop, we'll focus on bankrupting Bed Bath & Beyond. And never the twain shall meet. And so we're not going to screw up your attempts if you don't screw up ours. There's this, and Wall Street Bets is like, it doesn't take that much money to screw up their plan. It takes way less money to screw up their plan than the money that they have invested in the plan. So let's just do it for fun. And we'll make money. So I think that what's going to happen is that they're fundamentally going to have to change that technique. Because retail investors have learned now that's a point, that's a pressure point for them. And the hedge funds are going to have to learn we don't have impunity to do this anymore. And I don't know well, if, I don't know if it need if you need regulation to stop this from happening again. I think that maybe you should start investing on value, uh, the true value of a stock, not sort of try to manipulate the value not of the, a stock by wealth. Not the token value, not the token value. Yeah. If a hedge fund, I mean, the hedge funds, they do this because they can make a lot of money fast. But if they say, listen, we're not going to, we expose ourselves to too much risk. And... uh 
So Chamath, what's his name? I'm going to look this up. They, it's so fascinating. Chamath Palihapitiya. He was an early investor in, uh, early investor in Facebook. And he went on CNBC and he said, yeah, when it was at $100, my fund, we took just a, a little long position. We bought uh, call options at $100 or whatever. And we made $500,000 uh, today. And I'm going to donate it to uh, charity. Hmm. And and the CNBC people were livid with him. And they're like, but you can't do this. You they can't do this. This is going to ruin our industry. This is going to ruin the financial services industry. It's going to ruin hedge funds. And um, Chamath Palapatiya, Palihapatiya said, just because a different team won doesn't mean you change the rules of the game. That was his quote. And the fascinating thing is that CNBC has taken that interview off of YouTube. So anyone that posts it where he's saying that, you can't find it on YouTube anymore. So I saw it last night, and I don't know if that's an exact quote, but that was the sentiment. You know, uh, the Washington generals have just defeated the Harlem Globetrotters, so they want to change the rules of basketball. That's that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the American way. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's not the American way, but some people think that's the, what the American way should be. You know, me, not you. And uh, the American way is not that. The American way is for everyone. Is we the people, that's all the people. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, David. Very, very interesting. And important. It's, it's important. It, it actually it does go to the foundation. You can argue... It goes to the foundation of this country. You know, are we are we here just for the rich and just for the powerful, or are we here for everyone? Yeah, or I mean, should the hedge funds want uh, the little guy punished, and then they want regulations passed to make sure the little guy's never able to do this again? But shouldn't there be a little bit of soul searching? Like we got burned, and it wasn't that hard to get burned by these people. Maybe we need to change the way we do business. Yeah. I'm trying to find... So people have posted quotes. Uh, but I can't find him. His exact quote. I think he did say that being able to short 140% of a stock is broken. Yeah. The the CNBC anchor said that this shows that something in the system is broken. And then Chamath Palihapitiya said 140% short on the stock is broken. And I think that it's hard for these CNBC guys because the institutional investors pay, the, pay their paychecks to not blame this on the little guy, you know, and say something's wrong here. This isn't, how, this isn't standard operating procedure. But this... Guy, Chama, he's saying, yeah, but everyone's operating within the rules of the game. It's just that the wrong people are using the right parts of the rules to win. You know, the, the wrong people are using the cheat codes. If this was a video game. 
The wrong people won. <laughs> yeah, the wrong people won. <laughs> and I That's think a good, it's a good story, <laughs> but it's an actually it's a good story. It's fascinating, but it's important. I think it does bring up some issues. Uh, and also, it's not just about the money. I think I think it's about long-term effects of uh, of the people of the United uh, people of our country, people of the world, but also just just of people. And I think the long-term effects have to be have to be uh, weighed in here. You have to be careful uh, uh, coming down one side or the other. You know, we just have to have equality and uh, and uh, justice. Yeah. And I think that in a free market, uh, this is a much bigger lesson than any slap on the wrist the hedge funds got from 2008 from the regulators. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they, you remember Occupy Wall Street after the mm-hmm. and these people went down to Wall Street and they sort of protested yeah. and the Goldman Sachs traders would sort of step around them and go in and make hundreds of thousands a year. The company would make billions, you know. Um, and they're like, yeah, these people are protesting. Well, this is a much more resounding wake-up call to say, we don't like how you play the game. We're going to get in and with way less money and way fewer resources, we're going to play the same game and beat you at it. And all of a sudden, you know, they're doing what Occupy Wall Street never could. They're making mm-hmm. these hedge funds look up and say, oh, my goodness, we need to change the way things are done. Now, their initial reaction is we need to change the way you do things because we don't want to change. But I think that everyone's going to have to change. <laughs> I, I think that's the way it should be. And uh, the regulators and whoever they are, whoever is in the position of doing that, have to think of that. Mm-hmm. That everyone's going to have to change, not just, not just some people. Yeah. So uh, the Bloomberg guy, he said, this isn't unprecedented. There's an institutional investor that saw that um, a stock was overshorted. And it was a little stock. And he had billions of dollars. So he went out with $150 million and he bought all of the free shares. <laughs> uh, he basically, you know, took over the company. And... Uh, these people, they took him to court. They said, he won't sell us back the shares to short, and the price keeps going up. And the guy in the, in the testimony that's, you know, it's on transcript, he said, you know, sometimes you just end up on the bad end of a trade. I think that's what's happened to you here. You know, you got yourself into hot water. Someone saw that you were in hot water, and they turned up the temperature. Uh, it's, I don't know. I think that people are saying this is going to change trading. I don't think so. I think that what we're going to see is for all the talk of, you know, Trump is a big friend to Wall Street. I think the Biden administration is going to step in and protect hedge funds and make sure that the little guy is never able to do this again. I think that's going to be the result of this. And it's going to be sad, but it reminds me of Lawrence of Arabia. Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh, he... uh, he works with the Bedouins in the desert to defeat the Turkish army. And then at the end, you know, he's like, you know, war is a young man's game, but peace is an old man's game. And all these British, you know, senior military people and King Faisal, they're sort of debating about how to go forward. And his part in the story is done. I kind of feel like these 
day traders. They were fighting a war, but winning the peace is a, it's more the people in charge, you know. They were the fighters, but they're not going to be the ones who decide uh, how it all shakes out. That's that's usually the truth. That's usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's fascinating. I, we got to an hour. Yeah. What, what did you think? What is your impression? I think it was very interesting. I think, I think uh, the issues here are much deeper than just uh, the surface. I think it goes deep. I think, uh, I think it's something that people need to understand because uh, the uh, solution uh, could be worse than the uh, than the problem. Mm-hmm. If it's not if it's not solved correctly, so I, I think it's a good topic. Yeah, it's a good topic. And I think it's important. And it shouldn't go away. It's it's a topic that shouldn't go away. It's always been here, but uh, again, it gets down to some really basic fundamental uh, uh, safeguards uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did I see? Hold on, let me find something. I just want to end with this thought. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can find it. Because. Um, ba, ba, ba. While you're finding it, let me just say that uh, when I say thinking bigger, we have to think bigger of long term, not just short term and not just special interest groups. We have to think of a, the bigger picture because that's going to be important in the long term. Because long term is what's what people remember, and the short term uh, is just uh, uh, the beginning. Uh, we have to think think in much broader terms. Did you find the quote? Uh, oh, it's yeah. It's just uh, in antiquity the understanding of the word natural. Uh, natural wasn't the birds and the trees. Uh, natural was productivity. And so one of the things they considered unnatural in antiquity was usury, lending out money for interest, because you didn't produce anything. So I think one thing that's important to understand with these finance guys is they're not doctors, they're not farmers, they're not working in a factory producing gadgets, gadgets and gadgets. They're not making anything. They're making money off of money. So in, in terms of antiquity, their whole existence is unnatural. Uh, <laughs> from the perspective of antiquity, they're unnatural beings. And when you look at this story, it isn't natural. It doesn't follow the, <laughs> the laws of nature. There's no reason GameStop should be worth $50 billion, but it is. Uh, and but the an, but the antics of the unnatural could hurt the natural. Yeah. I mean, so, if they bankrupted GameStop by the end of this year, five thousand stores would close. A lot of people would lose their job. So it would have real consequences. And that's right. Uh, and those people are doing something, as far as antiquity is concerned, natural. They're you know, stocking up on games and then giving them to people and the people go and they play those games and they're entertained by them. They're putting something in someone's hand. Uh, They're providing a service and a product. 
that's more natural than just making money off of money. <laughs> well, that's a good one to end on, David. Yeah. Really good one to end on. Well, this is a fascinating thing. Do you think I should post this on YouTube since I had a visual component? Yeah, I think it should. Why not? And we'll just go real quick. Uh, just a live look. Oh, wow. Ah. It, it just jumped from 284 to 319 in the last two seconds. <laughs> it was as low as 198. This is the daily graph. 126. 126. But look at this. It's coming back. <laughs> 284. It's all over the place. It was at 469 at 10 a.m. Wild. It's a roller coaster ride. And it's not something that I want to be involved in from a monetary perspective. Because I don't know when to buy the bottom and I don't know when to sell the top on this thing. Because from my business school education, you look at a company's fundamentals and you invest in a company, not in a wild roller coaster ride token that has no bearing on what the company does or what it will do in the future or what it has done in the past. And that's what's going on here, right? And the stress in that game, you're gonna die, you're gonna die young. <laughs> you're gonna die young. Well, this has been fascinating. I think I'll put this on YouTube since there's some visual component to it. Yeah. And uh, sure. see everyone tomorrow. Yes. See you tomorrow, uh, bright and early. Yep, sounds good. I got a got the Talking Leaf theme playing us out. Okay. Uh, have a good day. Yep, we'll see you and keep on talking, but listen more than you talk. Yes, and this was not financial advice. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no way. <laughs> all right. Till next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>